Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The Bigger Picture with Ryan Huang. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danka, Banerjee Jagdish and Ryan Huang. Uh, we are looking at quite a number of things this morning for the bigger picture. Indeed. The COVID-19 resurgence in Europe, for example. Also, the FOMC minutes pointing to a willingness by the Fed to actually quicken the pace of tapering if needed. Tell us more, Ryan. You're going to be dissecting these issues in the bigger picture. That's right. So you've got all that on the table and you've got the prospects of more tightening ahead. If you look at what's happening today, you've got the Bank of Korea in action and they are expected, widely expected, to hike rates as well from 75% or 0.75% to 1%. And this would follow in the footsteps of New Zealand, which also raised rates yesterday. And this is all to fight inflation, rising prices, especially in property. And this is something that might put pressure on other central banks to also jump on the bandwagon. And if you look at what's happening in COVID-19, on that front, you've got a possible resurgence in Europe that might just throw a spanner in the global recovery picture. To get all that uh, bigger picture, I've got Sunny Hamid, the Director of Wealth Management for Financial Alliance. Sunny, how are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you, Ryan. Hey, Sunny, let's uh, dive into the FOMC minutes. And what we took away from it is a bit of a openness to be more willing to quicken the pace of tapering. And also at the same time, they seem to stress a bit of a patient approach when it comes to incoming data. What do you make of this? Are we due for a tighter or quicker pace of tapering in view of how much um, inflation we've been seeing in the latest data points? Well, I think it's it's related and you're right, meaning to say that previously the Fed was a little bit less concerned about inflation, seeing it as transitory. Their tone seems to have changed a bit to say that it's a little bit more permanent than, than they thought. And I think that now that works into the um, so-called uh, uh, tapering uh, discussion now that that's, that's surfaced. But um, they have to be very careful, I think, because at the end of the day, uh, much of the inflationary pressure comes from the supply side bottlenecks and such. Um, the demand side is temporary as the markets reopen, as the economies reopen. And when we look at what they, the tools that they have, um, um, rise, uh, raising interest rates, uh, withdrawing liquidity, these are all very stimulative in terms of, of the demand side. So they, they have the tools to, to, to try and um, um, crimp demand, uh, but they don't want to do too much of that uh, in view that most of the, the, the issues actually lie with the supply side. Uh, so it's a, it's a delicate balance in my view. Um, if, if they do it, they also have to remember markets don't really like it. Or when you do two things at the same time, <laughs> raise rates and, and taper, mm. and, and we could get a, a double whammy from a tape, tapering come higher interest rates uh, tantrum, if, if I could say that, uh, that's the risk of that happening. So it's, it's a pretty situation for the Fed overall. Yeah, Sunny, what will you need to see for demand to go back to where it was? Um, because you mentioned it's more supply-led. So if you look at the latest job numbers, initial jobless claims, latest was at 199,000. So it's the lowest level in more than 50 years and pretty much where it was before the pandemic. So are we very close to that point yet? Well, I think uh, it's all really this, this unraveling of what, what happened during the pandemic. Um, you know, Now companies are, are looking... A left, right, and center for 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 people to 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 fill vacancies. Um, there's a new norm where pe- 
some people have decided not to rejoin back the workforce. Some of them have now gone to companies which offer work from home because they don't want to go back to office. So there's a lot of these things which is structural in nature. Uh, it will take a bit of time to, to work its way uh, across all industries. Um, so until so, we're going to see this tightness and that's why it's, it's gone down to really multi-decade lows and such. Um, again, it's, it's really this, this transition period which is going to cause a bit of tightness here and there. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, it will get worked out um, over time as this as market forces make this way through. Yeah, Sunny, and looking at what's um, the reaction from central banks, many of them are thinking about how it's maybe time to start tightening again. You've got FMC saying, hey, maybe we can quicken it if inflation uh, data comes through higher than we thought. And RBNZ New Zealand yesterday hiked rates for a second time. And today we might see the same for South Korea. How much pressure is there from central banks around the world to join this tightening bandwagon? You know, in view of how they've been also saying, you know, if this might be transitory, we need to be patient. Uh, the pressure is... is, is in a, I mean, in two words, a lot. Um, uh, we've seen central banks, for example, in Australia, which uh, experimented with yield curve control a couple months ago, which means that they, they, they wanted to actually cap yields along the yield curve, um, but they were forced to actually abandon that recently because pressure was just too high and the markets actually pushed rates higher, way beyond where they could control curves. So, so again, just saying that um, the pressure is very high, both from the perspective that inflation is high and the market is really pricing in much higher inflation than many central banks are expecting. So in, in a nutshell, it's, it's, it's really central banks will have to move. The question now is really based on an economy per economy basis, uh, which central bank will move faster because inflation, of course, is different across different economies. Yeah, Sunny, where is Europe in this conversation? Because they are now facing a resurgence of COVID-19 and there's you know, this conversation going on where if they take the foot off the pedal when it comes to uh, policy tightening, they um, will face some troubles because they face inflation, but at the same time, the risk of COVID-19 derailing recovery. What's your take on what, what Europe should be doing right now? Well, actually, Europe could actually be the, 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 the base case where countries not only um, um, this year, but as, as they move along, and you correctly mentioned, there's inflation on one hand putting pressure for risk. And on the other hand, there's a resurgence of COVID-19. And Europe is the, the, the leader, so to say, unfortunately, at this point. I won't be surprised if other countries follow suit because we are coming into winter and, and winter is a season where, where you get a spike up in, in, in COVID cases. So it could be a very tricky situation where on one hand, there's inflation. On the other hand, there's pressure to the downside of the economy because of the resurgence in COVID and how bad it can become. Um, so I think Europe will tend to, tend to play it safe. Um, and I don't think they've communicated or the ECB has communicated any desire to be as hawkish as the Federal Reserve and some, and some other central banks. So I think that they'll, they'll keep safe for this. Uh, they'll be a little cautionary uh, over this period of time. Okay, and just to wrap things up, uh, we've been tracking what's been happening in the oil and gas space. OPEC Plus, you know, causing quite a bit of um, conversation around what they or what they should or should not do. And the latest is the IEA accusing them of causing artificial tightness, and they want OPEC Plus to bring down prices to reasonable levels. Sunny, what do you make of this? What's reasonable? Well, I think. Um Half of what we are seeing today is obviously reasonable <laughs> in the region of 50 to 60. Um, and, and I mean, that's, that's, that's probably what um, the IEA sees as reasonable. But put yourself in OPEC, and, and, and many of these countries are facing fiscal deficits. 
uh, from COVID and 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 and, and what so. Um, so the incentive for them to put prices low, of uh, far lower than where they are today, is is not there in my view. Um, it will come. Um, they will have to do it, but they will try as far as possible to keep it as high as high as possible for the longest period of time as possible. So <laughs> uh, we could be in for slightly higher than longer uh, uh, oil prices, but uh, eventually things will work out. But for now, the incentive is not there. All right, tag of war going on on those prices and we will be um, tracking what they'll do next week at their OPEC Plus meeting. We've been chatting with Sunny Hamid. He is the Director of Wealth Management for Financial Alliance. Sunny, thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.